and welcome to the Victory Devotional Podcast. We invite you to take the next few minutes to connect with God, hear His voice, and respond in worship and prayer. Here's today's message. Amazing time uh, this week. I hope you guys are having a fantastic time with your families as you as we are in a uh, uh, in a state of just time of reflection and thinking through all the things that God has has done in and through us and being grateful about it as we are getting into his word and listening and having ears to hear what the spirit is saying uh, saying to us during this time of reflection and as we are going through this i'd like us to look at that declaration that the centurion had made centurion is actually a soldier watching over a certain assignment with a hundred of soldiers under him. He is the centurion. He's not just an ordinary person, but a person overseeing a group of men, tough men who've been assigned during the Roman Empire. And this time they were given an assignment. And one of their assignments during this time is to keep watch of what's happening and making sure that the punishment being given to the criminal should be um, uh, should be implemented. And this is not an extraordinary situation, at least for him initially, because he had been through this multiple times, hundreds of times. He had watched many people go through the execution and making sure that it is being done and done well. But at this time, there was a bit of a uniqueness in this situation at the at the end at the tail end of this crucifixion there's something that that he commented on and and this is what he said at least in matthew his uh his declaration was in matthew 20 27 verse 54 it says here when the centurion had uh, and and those who were with him probably not just the people the not just the Marites and all those who wanted to know the latest, but I believe some of the other hundred men, uh, maybe few of them, were around making sure that things are, are, the surroundings are in peace and with all the people watching. And they made the declaration, at least coming from him in verse 54, and says, truly, this was the Son of God. Mark had the same almost similar uh, 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 declaration. Truly, this was the Son of God. In, in, um, in, in Luke chapter 23, though, it was a little bit different, and his declaration there was certainly this man was innocent. Uh, in these three Gospels, they almost gave the same declaration about what... Um, surmising, summarizing all the things that had happened, they, or at least this centurion made that comment that the, the, he was the son of God. Or at least in Luke, he says he was, this man certainly um, is, uh, was innocent. Almost similar with uh, the rest of the other um, men who betrayed G uh, Jesus. I, I'm going to go through that in a while, but 
At least he made that statement. And I was wondering, coming from a Roman soldier, what would it take? Or what would be going on in his mind, in his heart, with all the things that he had watched the entire day, the entire week even? Or even uh, prior to this, probably he had a bit of a background about Jesus. And then at the tail end, he came up with this statement, what could be the possible implications of this? And I tried to decipher, trying to look at his point of view, his POV. And let's see, what, what, what is this really all about? When someone says Jesus as the Son of God. Now, he a bit gave it in a, a wrong um, um, tense. He says, was the Son of God. Probably was wondering, you know, only up to this point that he, that he became the Son of God. But after this, he wasn't anymore. But truly, the right statement could have been, he is the Son of God. But he made that comment coming from the outsider. But looking at the implication of this is, number one, I realize in his point of view, when he declared that he was the Son of God, he was saying it, there was an admission of Jesus' identity. He was admitting that Jesus is no ordinary person. Going through all the evidence, this person must have been from above. Maybe he had been hearing some words coming out from the mouth of the elders and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And while he was watching some of those, those conversations on the sides and the comments from around, he made that conclusion that truly this was the Son of God, meaning he is no ordinary person, therefore he must have come from above. Whatever the Jewish people are trying to interpret about this, this is my view. And, and when he said that, he admitted, admi almost admitting to himself, his identity must have been beyond here on earth, sent from heaven, son of God. So that is a, a crucial uh, perspective that is important uh, for us to uh, see. And, 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 and I believe that, that even Matthew himself, when he wrote this, uh, he was basically, um, uh, when he wrote this, uh, this has happened after several years already that had passed. Um, when the event of Jesus' crucifixion happened, Matthew wrote it several years after that. And looking back, he had, Matthew had seen the growth of the church and he has seen the uh, the, the understanding getting deeper as far as Jesus being the Son of God and seeing it amongst the believers. And probably when he wrote this, he was strengthening even more the understanding of the saints. The second uh, perspective, when the centurion made that declaration, he was the Son of God, meaning not only that he is admitting about, uh, about, uh, 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 about Jesus's um, identity that it is this is, is no ordinary person, but also acknowledging Jesus's authority. Jesus, uh, uh, the centurion was acknowledging Jesus's authority. Why do you think he was acknowledging that? Being a centurion and a Roman soldier, 
he usually is impressed with power. He understood what authority was. Remember some of the centurions in the Bible when, you know, when Jesus, remember his, uh, uh, when he was uh, conversing with an official uh, person in, in John. Remember when this official person was asking Jesus to come and join him because his, his son is sick. Uh, remember that? And, and Jesus says, why don't you go? Your, 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 your son is healed. And, and the official believed that command. Why? Because centurions had an understanding of ranking and authority. And it's almost like saying, you don't have to come with me. Just tell me and, and, and it'll, it'll happen. Because if I tell this soldier, do this, they'll do it. And the same way with him, he recognized the authority simply because of the evidence. Could it be that he had noticed, and remember in verse 45, chapter 27, there was total darkness for three hours. Uh, the, the, the thing was, Jesus died at probably around 9 in the morning. He was nailed on the cross 9 in the morning, and he was taken out 3 in the afternoon. Six hour means 12 noon when darkness, in other words, for three hours on the cross, everybody knew it was Jesus. They could see it with the sun, uh, you know, with, with the daytime. Um, it was daytime, so they saw it. But when 12 noon came, it was total darkness. Some are speculating an eclipse or something like that. Some of the historians have written that there was an unusual eclipse during that time. Some are saying that's impossible. How can that be? Uh, how can there be eclipse during that time when it's supposed to be full moon? And but nevertheless, if it is global or just that uh, local uh, darkness that set in uh, during that time. Everybody knew that it was such a phenomenon that it should not have happened. Centurion, the centurion had, had experienced it. Not only the darkness for three hours, from 12 to 3 in the afternoon, but also there was an earthquake. Look at that passage again in verse 40, uh, 54. And it says, when the centurion and those who were with him kept keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place. Not just the earthquake, not just the darkness, what took place. The darkness, I don't know if he had access to the news or view of the curtain being torn from top to bottom. It's not only darkness, but the curtain in the, in the, in the Holy Volies had been cut from top to bottom, not from bottom to top, not even just a part of it, but the huge, that huge curtain had been torn from top to bottom, saying that this is the work of God. The earthquake. Who would ever deny the earthquake? Some of you who are watching right now had, had your own experience of earthquakes. And, and we see here the centurion experienced it, and out of that, this experience, not only that, the rock split and the graves opened up. Now, I don't know where he was during the resurrection, but the saints came out of the graves and walked around the city after the resurrection. Why after the resurrection? Because uh, Jesus was the, uh, 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 was the First person ought to be raised before the rest of the other people. It was a picture of what would happen in the future 
but you could imagine the impact of life that had come, come through the grave uh, when, when the Easter came, the resurrection came, Jesus came to life. Could it be that, that, that there's so much power <laughs> in the grave that the, uh, that the people, uh, the saints in other graves was raised as well? Only Matthew gave that picture. You can find it in John. You can find it, find it in Mark. Only in Matthew. And Matthew had a reason why he explained this. But nevertheless, I'm talking about the nonstop supernatural events, miraculous events that had happened. It's either the darkness, the earthquake, the rocks splitting, uh, the graveyards opening, and the, and the curtain being torn from top to bottom. At the end of the day, the centurion couldn't deny anymore. He had to declare, truly, he was the Son of God. He was admitting of the identity of Jesus is totally unique. He was acknowledging Jesus' authority with power. Um, um, uh, a Roman historian made a picture about that, uh, that darkness. He, says, he said, in the fourth year of the 202nd Olympiad, there was an extraordinary eclipse of the sun at the sixth hour. The day turned into dark night so that the stars in heaven were seen and there was an earthquake. This, we're talking about uh, uh, Plagion. Uh, Plagion is a Roman uh, historian and believer who made, uh, who made uh, 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 a report of what had happened coming from the outside. Now, point of view of a historian. We're talking about the point of view of Matthew and right here focusing on the point of view of the centurion. And the last picture, when the centurion says, truly this was the Son of God, he's saying, not only admitting Jesus' identity, not only uh, uh, acknowledging Jesus' authority, but he was also accepting Jesus' generosity. I want to look at that right now. That same passage, you could imagine uh, the centurion and the people around him, they were filled with awe and says, truly this was the Son of God. Matthew had to make sure that a point of view of a Gentile is heard. We all know that all throughout the book of Matthew, Matthew had been given special uh, access or a special picture uh, for the readers, for them to know that this gospel wasn't just designed for the Jews. Here, the comment of a Gentile, uh, a centurion, was considered and put into writing just to let us know that the gospel wasn't just designed for the Jews. It was designed for you and I as well, the non-Jews. And so you could imagine when he says, truly, he was the son of God. He was, he was given a chance, a privilege to declare that and see that spiritually. And even some theologians are saying some of these centurions and soldiers had become, uh, had been converted. You know why? Because at one point, if you remember, um, Jesus at one point, Pray the prayer when he was on the cross. One of his seven last words were in, in Luke chapter 23, 34. Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they, and they cast lots, the soldiers cast lots and divide his garments. 
Jesus interceded even for the Gentiles. That's why some of the theologians are saying some of these centurions, some of these soldiers had been converted. Uh, and, and why? Showing us that the gospel truly, as what Matthew was trying to emphasize, wasn't just designed for the Jews. Jesus did not just come for, uh, for the healed. He had come for the sick. And, and we all qualified and we are grateful as we are going through this Holy Week and as we're going, uh, approaching um, uh, the Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, we're grateful that uh, this was given, uh, this person had been given a chance to declare that. And I pray today as you are listening right now that you too can declare not just that truly Jesus is the Son of God, but say, Jesus is my Lord from this day forward. Don't let this Holy Week pass by without you confessing that Jesus is my Lord. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And so I'm, I'm grateful. Thank you for watching. Thank you for being with us. And, and, and as, we, uh, as we go about our business, I'd like us to uh, remember this uh, last takeaway for us. The gospel about the death and resurrection of Christ is worthy of proclamation to the whole world, not just to the chosen few. And let this be in our hearts today, that the gospel has been given, not just for the uh, uh, chosen few, but to the rest of us, including you watching right now. I want us to pray before we go back and worship again. And let's just thank God for this, for this uh, word today. Father God, thank you. We're grateful uh, for your word and giving us, Lord, uh, the perspective of Matthew and, and seeing your heart for the lost and that you have even given a centurion a chance, an influencer during his time. He wasn't just a regular soldier. He was a leader of a hundred tough person who cannot be impressed and who cannot be just set aside. And yet he himself couldn't resist the natural evidence, the miraculous events that had happened in that single day. And he has seen it. And Lord, he couldn't keep it to himself, but declare with his mouth, that Jesus, this person have been crucified, is the Son of God. Uh, Lord, I believe that he had come to a conclusion afterwards. He, he said he was the Son of God, but he came to a conclusion afterwards that he is the Son of God. Even probably he came to a point when he said, He is my Lord and Savior. May we continue, Lord God, to... Uh, just remember the sufferings and remember the sacrifice, showing us how deep our sins are. And so, therefore, it's beyond solution. And the only solution is to have the Son of God come and take us and rescue us from the darkness. Lord God, when that darkness came forth, it shows God's wrath upon sin and the agony of nature couldn't even contain the depth of our sins that only the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God can save us. And we're grateful today. 
Lord, we can only, Lord, declare more than a thousand hallelujahs glorifying your name even this morning. Thank you for listening. And once again, we're grateful for uh, we're given a chance to have a glimpse of the gospel. And, and thank you for watching. And, and all these years, it's been three years now. And, and uh, I hope this week as we approach uh, Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, that we would truly examine and discover the goodness of God and, and through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, even for those of you who have been serving the Lord for years, appreciate that gift of salvation. And for those of you who are about to discover it right now, thank you for joining and receiving Christ as Lord of your life in your heart. Pray with me today. Father, thank you for uh, showing us the need for salvation. Our sin is so deep that only the Son of God can come and rescue us. That, uh, that even a centurion couldn't resist the evidence and make that declaration that it would truly take the Son of God to save us. And we're grateful, Lord, for today with those who are watching, who are receiving Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Lord, come through for them at this time and confess just, just a saying in their hearts, Lord Jesus, forgive me for I'm a sinner. I, I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord. And believe in my heart, God raised Jesus from the dead. Thank you for saving me, even today. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, I thank you for everyone watching. And may you continue, Lord, to strengthen our, our, our relationships. Thank you for the gift of family and gift of relationship that we are enjoying so far this time and this season. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thanks for joining us today. We hope this helps you build a habit of hearing from God daily. For more messages like these, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to watch these messages live every morning, visit us on facebook.com slash victoryph.